This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. So this week I have decided that I'm going to be talking about some stuff that happened on whatever said date for the next week because it's a really slow time in basketball. I'm not going to... Not gonna lie here, it's uh, it's tough to try and find topics for me, uh, to be honest. So I decided to go on Basketball Reference, just type in this day in basketball history, and um, not a lot was coming up, but I do have some for October 11th and October 12th. So the these should be really interesting, and let's just go ahead and jump into it. So for October 11th, there is only one thing that really came up of interest to me, and it was that a year ago on October 11th, the Lakers won the finals over the Heat. And this seems so weird to me because, I mean, like, we've had a whole other season since then. Like, the Bucks are now the reigning champions now. You also have where we're just about to start another season. Like, preseason games started this week. And it's just crazy to me that the bubble was not even a year ago. Because it seems like it was years and years ago. Like, not I'm not saying like 10 years ago or anything about that. But if you were to tell me that the bubble was like two years ago, I'd be like, yeah, that kind of makes sense, honestly. Just because of how much the NBA condensed to the last season in order to have a normal season again. Like, they only had, like, a what, a month and a half off? Because they, maybe two months off, because I think they started last year around the 12th or something like that of December, which I don't know why they didn't start on Christmas Day. That would have been a great slate of games just to get the NBA season going on Christmas. But, man, yeah, the Lakers winning their 17th NBA championship with a 106-93 win over the Miami Heat, which I I was really rooting for the Heat, which, I mean, I almost always root for underdogs in games. But, man, I thought Miami could do it. I really did. It was just injuries, man. That was it. I'm telling you. Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo are healthy for all those games. I think the Heat have that championship ring. I'm not going to lie. People can clown on me for it all the time. I don't care. I'm standing by the statement. Without Goran Dragic, like, because he's a really good defensive guard. Like, he's a good facilitator in offense. Like, he's an average point guard in offense. He's a really good defensive point guard. And I feel like he would have been able to contain Rondo and all the other guards for them. I mean, Deion Waiters, technically, I mean, he's not a point guard for him, but I think he might be able to hand the ball a little bit. But, man, 17 championships. That's That's insane. And quite a bit of those are from when they were in Minneapolis where they were the kings of professional basketball for a long time, you know, with George Mikan. You go from George Mikan to 
basically Elgin Baylor and Jerry West, although they never won a ring together, it took Elgin Baylor uh, wasn't on the team anymore. It was Jerry and Will. Then you have the Showtime days, then you have the Kobe and Shaq, then you have Kobe, then you have LeBron. And that's a franchise that will, I mean, it's definitely part of the culture, 100%. But that's a franchise that will last forever, essentially. It's because of all the legends you have. I mean, just the Showtime Lakers are enough. They were good enough to keep the Lakers in the lexicon forever. But now it's like, oh, wait, there was Shaq and Kobe. Man, they were really good. You got the all-time leading scorer, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was on those Showtime teams. You have the most enigmatic man to ever step on a basketball court where you would light up the smile. You would light up TV with a smile. Magic Johnson on that team. Then you have the Celtics-Lakers rivalry, which made it, a well, I wouldn't say countrywide or nationwide. I'd say pretty close. Because for those that care about basketball, they really do care about that rivalry, and they really want it to stay intact. Even the regular season games for that rivalry are really good. Like the one a couple years ago where uh, I think it was Rondo, he hit like a fadeaway 15-footer for the win in Boston for the Lakers, and everyone on the Lakers team went crazy. And those teams are good now. Like, I don't think it's a potential finals matchup or anything like that because I don't think the Celtics are that great. But, man, when they get together, that's prime time. It really is. And now, like, I think people are sort of arguing. And the rivalry's been there for a while. I would say now their biggest rival is the 76ers. Just because trying to get past them for either one of them, that's a tall task. And, uh, yeah, it's just crazy to me that uh, that happened a year ago on Monday. Because, as I said, like, the whole bubble thing, I swear, that was, like, two years ago, two to three years ago. <laughs> like, just how fast everything is moving in basketball at the moment. Because even with that, after the bubble, you had like a two-week break, then you hop right into college basketball. So that's another season you're paying attention to. December, the NBA gets started up. Another season you're going to have to pay attention to. Whole March Madness tournament, that was like an, an event for the ages. So you got that to pay attention to. So, like, each of these feels like a year ago. Like, each of these respectively feels like one year each to each other. And then you got the finals, like, in June. Or, no, it was July. And now we're finally back to normal. Man. That's a, it was a heck of a road that everyone's been to. And imagine what the players are going through. I mean, the NBA players, you have a two-month turnaround. You basically have, yeah, you have like a month and a half off, and then you got to go into training camp. And just all of that, it's just back and forth, plane ride after plane ride. And I'm not saying that, like, need to feel for the athlete because, like, they make millions of dollars. 
But that's that's a tough turnaround on everything, especially for those NBA players. So that's it for October 11th. Now we move on to October 12th, where this could be up there as one of the most important days. In the history of basketball, probably. Obviously, you have uh, Nate Smith creating the game be up there. You have uh, the color barrier being broken by Nat Clifton. You have the Texas Western starting, all five starting, or were uh, African Americans against all white Kentucky. And you have what I believe to be this day, October 12th, 1979. It was the debut for both Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Not in the same game, but they both debuted on this day. And this is the start of a revolution. Because at this point, October 12, 1979, probably October 11, 1979, the NBA is essentially on its last legs. Let's be honest. The only thing that really kept people intrigued, I believe, was the merger with the ABA in 76, where it's like, oh, Dr. J's in the league now? It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see... uh, him against the Celtics, because that was a Sports Illustrated cover that we all know and love, or at least I know and love, because I have it. It's one of my favorites. It's Dave Cowens, who, yeah, Dave Cowens was the face of the NBA in 1976. <laughs> I don't know if that tells you anything. And then Dr. J in his Nets uniform, they were there. And he's like, oh, the Nets are bankrupt, and uh, he's going to go to the 76ers? Okay, so he's just going to go to an NBA team, and the Nets were, will essentially not be good for a long time. So there's that. But even with that, uh, it wasn't keeping people intrigued because no three-point line, which they added in 1979. And then you have just rampant cocaine issues, which it's the 70s. Don't get me wrong. It's not like it's just the NBA's problem. Like, the 80s was the cocaine era for baseball. The 70s is 1,000% the cocaine era for the NBA because the NBA almost died on it. All of its best players. Not all of them. I don't want to say that. Some of the best players just had their careers derailed just because of cocaine. Like, the ones that come to mind immediately is David Thompson for me. If you're telling me, if you go and watch David Thompson's uh, highlights in college at NC State, you're going to tell me that he didn't do that great in the NBA. I think he made, like, a couple all-star games. He didn't do that great? Oh, I wonder why. You're telling me the guy that one time got had to get, like, 11 uh, uh, stitches in his head because he went to block a shot and he got the tip of his shoe caught on someone's head and he fell to the ground and he had to get stitches for that. You're telling me that guy didn't really do that great in the NBA? 
the guy that beat Bill Walton in UCLA in the national championship, they didn't. He didn't end up that great. Wow. So we have that. NBA's on its last legs. And then essentially the two golden golden boys come in, Magic and Larry. They immediately refuel the Celtics Lakers rivalry just because of what they had done in college. It's not like they were big rivals in college. They just played one game. Oh, what game was it? Oh, only the most watched televised game of basketball ever up to that point and stayed that way for a long time. It might still be that way. So they're like, wow, these guys, they're really good and they're going to be on the Celtics and Lakers. What? Because Celtics and Lakers, obviously, that was a big rivalry up until then. I mean, it died down in the 70s for sure, but the six, the 50s and 60s, we had Russell against Elgin and Jerry. It wasn't really, I mean, it's kind of a rivalry. It was more just the Lakers losing to the Celtics. But, man, these two are going to be on that. And then, um, automatically, like, Magic Johnson goes insane, essentially. Like, at one point in the first game, they almost... It would come down comes down to the last second. And who are you going to get the ball to? You're going to get it to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, obviously. Dude has the most unstoppable shot ever. And at this point, he's 11 years into his career. He's 10 years into his career. I mean, so everyone knew where the ball was going. Get it to him. Hits the sky hook. They win. And Magic just goes berserk, just celebrating, high-fiving, gives Kareem the biggest bear hug ever. And... Kareem just has to go, Rook, we got 81 more games. Can't be doing – why are you celebrating like this? And Magic just goes, Kareem, if you hit that shot 81 more times, I'm going to hug you like that 81 more times. And he just brings the city of L.A. up. Just It's so upbeat there. That's when showtime happens. We all know. You know, Jack Nicholson starts going to games. Like, every celebrity you could think of in L.A. was staying at the – was going to the forum, not only for the games, but for the forum club. Then you got the Laker girls. They bring up Dr. Jerry Buss. He gets his way in there. He knows what he's doing. He brings up the business of the team. The team was for the coaches. You guys deal with that. I'm here for the organization and the brand. And they're like, okay. And it works. Like I said, the Lakers are part of the lexicon. All because they knew how to market magic. Magic was L.A. L.A. was magic. And then you have Larry, who has to kind of work at it a little bit to get there. But then, like, 1982 comes around. He's out here winning MVP after MVP after MVP. They're making it to the finals. Then they play the Lakers. And that goes back and forth for, like, Four or five years just hearing about it. And they brought it up. And this is like before Michael came in, Michael Jordan. I mean, Michael, 
he brought the whole NBA up to the world, essentially. But Larry and Magic, they brought the fire back to the States, and that's exactly what we needed. There's no Larry and Magic. I'm not sitting here right now. I'm not talking about basketball. Unless I'm recapping the high school games around here. Because I I don't want to say I don't think that the fire for basketball in Indiana wouldn't be the same. But man, Larry Bird being from Indiana real, really helped with that. Hoosier hysteria has always been around. But do you really think it's the same without Larry Bird? Because I don't. I don't. I mean, sure, IU is still around, Bob Knight and all them. And I really. Professional basketball is going downhill. And they saved it. And essentially, I basically thank them every day for it. When I just think about basketball, when I'm watching highlights of games, when I'm watching games in general, when I'm doing broadcasts, when I am just doing scouting reports, just trying to look at what's going on everywhere, when I read through basketball books that I have, when I read through magazines that I have, when I read, when I go and look through all my cards for the fifth time of this month, I thank them for it. David Stern thanks them for it. Believe me. At one point, they couldn't even, the NBA couldn't get a sponsor from the U.S. Army because they decided to go with, like, the Midwestern Indoor Soccer League. That's how bad it was. And, man, that rivalry is still going on now. They're the best of friends. And then with them two being on the Dream Team in 92, just showed how much we appreciate them. All the trials and tribulations they've been through, injuries, HIV, just the world stacked up against them in everything. They still go out and play hard for the Dream Team, which is the greatest team ever. And they do their thing. And it was almost—it's like they hadn't stopped. It's like they never took a break, almost. It was just like it was. So, this Tuesday, when... October 12th comes around. Be sure to thank and think about Larry and Magic. And thank them. Because I know I will. I'm not uh, sitting here today without them. And then 20 years later, um, a This had to have been the biggest shock around sports because Wilt Chamberlain passed away on October 12, 1999, at the age of 63. He had uh, died of a sudden heart attack 
but he had apparently had some health problems in the months or maybe even years prior to it. Um, Will's a legend. I don't have to explain this to you. Will is forever, and he is and forever and always will be a legend. It's just... You expected him to go on much longer. Bill Russell's still alive. And, man, could you imagine those two if they were both alive? You know Wilt would be giving Russell just all kinds of grief, and all Russell would do is just show him the 11 rings he has. Wilt is a... He was one... Some dude, I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, just all really all I can say is I just need to read off his stats and all of the records he holds that will most likely never be broken. So he has the, uh, obviously, most points scored in a game with 100. Closest person is Kobe with 81. He has the most points in a season with 4,029. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has scored 38,000 points over his career. So he scored 4,000 in a season. He's also the second highest with 3,586. So no one's touching him. Um, most points per game in a season at 55-0. No, yeah, that's not happening. He also and he also holds the next three spots where his fewest is 37.6 in that three. So yeah, good luck to anyone who wants to break that. He has the most points scored in a half with 59. Kobe Bryant got really close with 55. That one is possible. I will say that. I don't know how possible, but I feel like it's more possible than the others. Most 50-point games in a season with 45. And he holds the next most with 30. And no one has more than 10. He has the most 40-point games in a season with 63. He has the second most with 52. Michael Jordan is third with 37. He shares the record with Michael Jordan for the most consecutive seasons, leading league in points per game with seven. I feel like that's more possible. Because I feel like someone like Luka Doncic, who, you know, he's on the Mavericks. No one's really kind of uh, paying attention down there. I feel like he can get that really sneaky. Most career regular season 60-point games with 32. Kobe Bryant's in second, and he has six. So, yeah, fair to say that's never happening again. Most career regular season 50-point games with 118. 
MJ is 31. Most career regular season 40-point games, 271. Michael Jordan's 173. Most consecutive 60-point games with four. He also holds the next three longest streaks of three. And he's the only player to ever score 60 in back-to-back games. So, yeah, that's never happening. Just on and on and on and on. Just. This page is. I don't know how it's so long. I just won't. I'm not going to read it all. You can look it up for yourself because. I feel like me saying it doesn't do it justice as you reading it, seeing where, like, Kobe Bryant's in second with six of those games. Wow. And, you know, it's always a sad day when a legend dies, but that had to have been probably the saddest day that we've had so far, probably, when it comes to a legend dying. The the most recent one was Elgin Baylor. Um, I when when Bill Russell goes, that's gonna be a rough one. I know that. And then it real and it really puts things into perspective where these guys that we look up to as legends, they're not immortal. They are very moral. I mean, very mortal. And, uh, man, you really do hate to see them go because one thing you don't really want to see is just the, uh, the memories go with them and their stories. Especially when Kobe died. Kobe, I guarantee it had to have been tied as the saddest day with Will because, they both died at such younger ages. Like Kobe is way younger than Will, but Will at sixty-three, you have so much more to do, so much more stories to tell, and you'll see legends now. Like they'll have workouts with NBA players, with current players, like Hakeem Olajuwon. He does a uh, he does a camp with big men about every summer. I know that uh, Kareem, I think he worked with Shaq when he was with the Lakers. I think he also worked with Andrew Bynum when he was with the Lakers. And uh, do you imagine if Wilt would have been around? Because 99 was before the Lakers even started winning championships with Kobe and Shaq. So if Wilt was around to see those games, imagine what he would have told Shaq and how to have him be probably more dominant. I don't know if that's possible with Shaq, but I feel like if Wilt's telling him what to do, it's very possible. So, with that, um, I'm sorry to end it off on a uh, sat on a more sad note, but um, October twelfth is a very important day. Seventy nine and ninety nine; those are uh, two very important days in basketball.
So I want to thank you for listening this week. Uh, next week, not really sure what's going to be happening. There is some stuff out in the news to where I might have to talk about that. So uh, we'll just see what that holds for next week. Uh, while you're at it, follow me on Twitter at DEverhart00. And also, if you want to, check out the Trying Storm Center podcast, a podcast where I and uh, some special guests of mine talk about trying sports. And this week we had an interview with Keyshawn Amison, the great safety for the Thunder football team. So be sure to check that out if you would like. And we'll talk to you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.